0: Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good
1: afternoon. You know, healthy, alive. Um,
0: just was notified right as we started recording. We're going to have some lovely thunderstorms, so it's going to be interesting. It's fantastic. Does that mean we're going to get an up close and personal report on what the tornado is going to be like when it comes to the, through your front lawn?
1: Yeah, you may hear you may hear a rushing sound and um, a bunch of crashing eventually. Uh, sirens, possibly. Yeah, yeah, possible sirens. Um, and I don't think there's going to be any tornadoes. They're just saying strong winds and uh, uh, possible hail and that kind of stuff. So,
0: strong winds to me and strong winds to you folk down there in the flatlands, that's uh, that's two different things. Yeah. Strong winds to me is, oh, I don't know, 50 to 100. Strong winds to use probably 250, 300 miles an hour, something like that, right? <laughs> no,
1: well, 80 mile an hour winds is, is, a, is a pretty strong gust. Yeah, um, but when you get into like tornadoes and stuff, yeah, like I think we still, I think Oklahoma
0: City still holds the record for strongest tornado. I don't know. So it, I don't at know. It's do in you, the top five. Do you remember that thing we covered in Iowa not long ago? It destroyed like ten million square acres, like ten million acres yeah. or something like that. And it was essentially it was like a hurricane on land in the middle of uh, the country. And it was it took ten million acres and it flattened it. I mean, flattened it. Mm-hmm. Ten million acres of corn, flat, unusable, ruined crop. That's the I difference between it.
1: hurricanes and tornadoes is, I never heard well, and, and the, yeah, the, what, what was that called? It was like a derecho or or some, yes, something like I that, can, the, some, the storm you're something. talking, I don't remember. Uh, but that's kind of the big difference between those is a hurricane and that, that storm that you're, you're talking about, they hit a larger swath of land, whereas a tornado, you know, it it it's a fairly narrow swath of land that it hits, but the, the winds that you get there are like triple what you would see. You know, I mean, like the the big one that happened in I think it was Moore, uh, which is just off Oklahoma City, back years ago. The the big F five, EF five, EF six. I don't know what they're calling it now. They had like three hundred and twenty mile an hour winds. I thought that was a myth. Yeah, that was. I don't think the people that died in. Um, yeah, th- that one actually was it like, a mostly the, the peaceful were- tornado. Yeah, it was mostly peaceful. It, it you know, it was uh, pulling up, pulling up the asphalt roads and, and you know the um, the the cement slab foundations. You know, for houses, it ripped the house up and then ripped parts of the foundation up as well. So uh, it's kind of a pretty powerful. <laughs>
0: You know, you have a newfound respect for Mother Nature when you see tornadoes. I mean, I've seen tornadoes, but I mean, where I'm at or where excuse me, where I came from in Ohio, we do get them, but they're rare. They're rare. They're more common as you get further north and then obviously west because it starts to get flat out there because I lived in the Ohio Valley, which is right up against the Allegheny and the Appalachian Mountain chain. So all of the storms that would come across the Great Plains would just slam into that part of the country and they would just hang there right so it was Mm -hmm. it was horrible Mm -hmm. so you get like this nasty mix of uh low pressure mixed with high pressure and humidity and heat and it's just it's sweltering and it's a mess but uh that and that it just causes some crazy storms sometimes when you have all that stuff just like that uh that soup of just you know everything you can throw at it uh, it causes some crazy storms, and sometimes we got some tornadoes, but nothing like what you guys get out there. Nothing. So uh, when when you guys get a tornado out there, I mean, you, I mean that's some serious business. Uh, mm. And we've seen the destruction. You know, and I always get asked one thing. I always get asked one thing, especially over here, people because we we see the destruction over here. Everybody sees the destruction of Tornado Alley. You know, I'm doing the air quotes here. That's I mean, Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. where it's at. And people always say, "Okay, well, yeah, you Americans, you're so stupid. You build wood houses all over the place. And then a tornado (laughs) comes through and then they tear everything, you know, tears everything out. And then what do you do? You take the insurance money and you build another wood house right where the other one was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what we do. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like we, we build houses in mass, but they're cheap. So we, we use the wood and you know all this stuff. That's that's what we do. See, here houses aren't built out of wood, they're built out of like uh block and concrete. <laughs> I mean, houses are built to last like you know years. For crying out loud, there's a restaurant around the corner from me that was opened in 1724, it's still there right? Still there. It's the same building. Can you imagine? Right. Right. I mean, that that, that building is older than the entire country that we came from. So, I mean, you know, buildings are just built differently. I think it's partly, at least
1: for the U.S., it's kind of, um, that might be something that kind of stuck around from colonial times, you know, when we first came here. Because- but what else were you going to use to build with in the beginning, right? It was is wooden buildings, and that just that trend kind of followed followed suit. I mean, you you still have the brick and mortar places, and but it's usually superficial. Um, I but I agree with that that um, uh, observation there. Uh, I I have been talking about that amongst family and stuff. Why don't we build houses out of steel and concrete? You know, in these areas, like makes sense, but um, we don't. It's it's more expensive.
0: That's just it. It's cost. That's that's what it all boils down to is just cost. So I mean it is yeah. if you think about it, I mean, I've always wanted a house that was made out of like concrete because I want it to last. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with any problems. You don't have to worry about termites, you don't have to worry about uh, any kind of infestation or or anything like that. You don't have to worry about structural integrity, none of it. None of it. You put it up, yes, it does cost, but you put it up and it's done. It's done. And it lasts for, you know, until the end of time almost. So Uh, Yeah, but again, yeah, it's cost. It's just cost. But anyway, all right, enough of all that. Uh, Let's let's get into some stuff today. What I've been seeing the last 24 hours or so, and actually it's it's really been longer than that, but especially the last 24 hours out of control drivers. Okay, so BLM protesters, Antifa protesters, mostly peaceful protesters. Let me be clear on that. Mostly peaceful. Yeah, I got to take the media narrative on it. No, no. They've been hanging out in the road for quite some time now. Now, obviously, these people don't come from any kind of, um, you know, family structure or anything like that, because, I mean, as I was saying the other day when we were on with uh, with that guest that GP brought to us on 9-11, I was always taught when I was a kid, don't play in the street. You know, don't go out in the street. <laughs> Why? Because you get hit by a car. If you're if you're out there kick you know playing kickball or something in the neighborhood, which, you know, these kids probably never did that because they were too busy playing video games or whatever it is they were doing. These kids were apparently never taught to, uh, to stay out of the street. Don't play in the street. So what happens? You get run over. Uh, but see, here's the thing: it's happening, but it's it's not happening the way you think it's happening. The media is painting one perspective, and something else is actually happening. We've been looking over video here for probably what, Bruce, the last hour of all these different mm-hmm. incidents. And what's happening isn't what's being portrayed. And it's very important that people understand this. If you're in the United States or anywhere else, respectively, in the world, and you're paying attention to this, these particular instances of these cars hitting protesters, you're probably hearing that cars are plowing through BLM protesters. Okay, well, that's not what's actually happening. There are cars that are driving through BLM protest out in the middle of the street. They're blocking the intersection. What do you want them to do? But when a car approaches, most notably, we're talking about an incident, uh, an incident that took place in uh, Los Angeles. And then, of course, there's another one we're going to talk about here in a minute. The video's out there. It's, it's quite um, it's quite prominent. Gentleman in a Prius, looks like, approaches an intersection. They're blocking the entire protesters are blocking the entire inter- intersection. And so what does he do? He finds a spot that's kind of open. So he goes over to that spot. Right. And he just wants to drive around them. That's all he wants to do. Just drive around them and, and go because they were surrounding his car. They were starting to surround his car, so he very gently eases his way around the side and then drives on. Well, as he's driving on, he gets chased down. They uh, they start uh, they start surrounding his car again when they block him in with a pickup truck and it looked like another car. People get out. They um, they reach into the driver's seat and they start wailing on this guy. I mean, you can see him clearly taking punches. The driver. And then, of course, his windshield gets smashed out by some uh, some uh, douchebag with a uh, with a skateboard, right? Because that's the thing to do, right? Let's let's smash everybody's property up with a skateboard. And he drives on, and as he's driving on, he still continues to get chased. Well, the next cut you see is the LAPD pulling this person over and cuffing him up. Now they were the story says that they were later released, which I'm sorry, you you can't, you know, you, you can't you can't charge that. Sorry, but. um... Where's the uh, where, where's the where's um, the where's the charge for the people that did the damage to the vehicle? Where, where's the charge for the people, the, the people that assaulted the driver? Where's the charge for the people that are disturbing the peace by blocking the intersection like that? Where are those mass arrests? Where's where's the riot control with water cannons out there blasting these people back off onto the sidewalk? Where's that happening? It's not. Instead, the driver gets chased down by the LAPD and the driver gets arrested. Clearly, you can see that his property has been damaged. His windows have been smashed out. You're arresting him. And you're ignoring the thugs and the lunatics and the idiots in the streets? Everything here is backwards. Go across town. There is a BLM protest. There's a Trump protest. Or excuse me, a a Trump, well, rally, I guess. The the media is calling it a counter-protest. What are they reporting over there? Car drives through a, hold on, let me get the exact quote here. Uh, A driver in the BLM Caravan of Justice who rammed her car into Trump supporters, is arrested. OK, we saw the video. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. This car didn't even bother to stop. It just drove straight on through. Didn't even bother to stop. She started to. She started to stop. But then she just hammered it and went straight through. Runs over a guy, breaks both of the guy's legs. We saw the video. It's it's disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah. I, I, won't, I won't repeat how graphic it is because it was horrible. But uh, the guy's got bro- both of his legs broken. He can't walk. Uh, and he's being dragged off by... Uh, uh, by these uh, by these two guys, but they got uh, they got this woman uh, who was arrested, uh, and she's been charged with attempted murder. So okay, let's um, let's ca- let's thank our lucky stars on that one. Orange County Sheriff's Office said that Tatiana Turner, forty. Of Long Beach, California, was arrested in connection with violence which broke out in a planned protest by a group called Caravan for Justice. This is up in uh, Yorba Linda, which is uh, in California, just outside of L.A. There, protest which was organized prior to the event says that only one Louisville police officer would face charges following the shoot. Be, okay, all right, whatever. At around 3 p.m., a vehicle, uh, a police ve- police had a vehicle in the parking lot of the Yorba Belinda Public Library struck at least two individuals before driving away. Videos on social media show a white sedan driving into a crowd of people, which included people waving Trump flags. One man, one woman were injured after being struck with a vehicle. Man suffered two broken legs and the woman had major injuries. That's a quote from the uh, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Uh, both were transported to a hospital for treatment of their injuries. Uh, the driver later identified as Turner, was believed to be part of the Caravan for Justice group. She was arrested a short distance away from the incident on suspicion of attempted murder and assault with a deadly weapon. So, okay, here's the thing. First and foremost, neither group, I, I don't care. Neither group should be out there in the streets. Neither group. But if you're going to if you're going to apply one here, then you need to apply the other equally. The man that was arrested the night prior in Los Angeles for not even bothering to try and do uh, injury to these people. He was simply trying to get away. That's all he was trying to do. I saw the video. We, we've looked at it. I've seen two or three different angles of it. There's a difference between someone trying to get away and someone legitimately trying to drive through a crowd. But the question is, is why allow them to to congregate in the streets in the first place? I mean, I, I understand you're out there protesting. Okay, fine. Right. I, I get it. Right. You're, you want to go out there and you want to protest. You want to rally. You want to do all that stuff. Okay, fine. We got a constitutional right to do that. Yeah. But- when you're at the point where not you're in the disturbing. middle of the street, not yeah, exactly. I was getting ready to say it, not in the middle of the street. When you're at the point where you're putting the public uh, in danger when you're putting other people. I mean, if you if you want to go out there and you want to run around as an individual out there in the middle of the street, fine. You know, go ahead. But you get hit. Don't expect anyone to come crying for you. But when you get to the point where you're starting to include other people and you're endangering their lives, then that needs to be cracked down on. The police should have stopped this. The police should on both counts, on both counts. They should have stopped it. The Trump people shouldn't have been out there. The BLM people shouldn't have been out there. Not in the street. You got plenty of room, but we saw the we saw the place where it was happening in the middle of the street. There was plenty of room on both sides. There was plenty of room. One place looked like a park, a big park on the other side. Why can't you protest over there? Why can't you have a rally over there? You got to do it in the middle of the street. All right, so a third driver on Saturday afternoon plowed through a crowd of BLM protesters in California, injuring at least one. A group of demonstrators calling for justice for Breonna Taylor again, which uh, really... Okay. <laughs> okay. So what? George, the the whole George Floyd thing fell apart. So now we got to move to this, uh, and then they're going to steam well, that one the back. Facts up came when, out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but say, we're going to steam that one back up when the cop walks. You watch. Yeah. Uh, Imperial Which Highway. He, your Belinda. Go ahead.
1: He probably will walk because of the charges that they they put on him. Are uh, you can't prove it. What was it? Second degree murder or something like that? Or or you can't you can't you have to prove intent. And there was no intent there. It was very clear that they were trying to accommodate the dude. Really, they were being too lenient with the guy, in my opinion. They they should have been far more aggressive of Floyd. And uh, he would have at least been in a gel, gel cell when he had a heart attack. <laughs> but that that was the thing is he had so much fentanyl and, and drugs in his system. It was only a, he was a ticking time bomb he was going to die from the amount of stuff he had in him, uh, according to uh, the
0: reports on that. So autopsy report again on Saturday. So there was a third incident of a car driving through a crowd. Group of demonstrators again, you know, in uh, in your Belinda, different protests, I'm assuming here uh, they were marching along the Imperial Highway. This is kind of what we saw, uh, I believe, it was out in Aurora, Colorado, where where they were taking over the, one of the freeways out there. And then uh, there was another incident where I mean, and we've seen this all across the U.S. I think Austin's another place, Austin, Texas, where some of these are happening. And these people, they block the road like we were talking about with the other two. They block the road. And in some cases, they're opening fire on the vehicles just out of nowhere. You know, just just shoot. I mean, the the one incident in in Colorado, Aurora, Colorado, the driver had uh, two or three bullet holes in the car and his tire was shot out. What do you want him to do? You want him to just sit there? You want them to get dragged out of the car and shot to death on the side of the road? Because that's what's going to happen if these people aren't stopped. What actually fuels these mobs is the fact that they are not being pushed back on. And I'm not talking about by other people in the streets. The law enforcement officials are not allowed to do their jobs and put these people away. So guess what? It encourages them to escalate, to go further. On top of that, they're being paid to stand out there and do it. You know, revolutions cost money, a lot of money. And they're not, these people don't work. So they're getting money from somewhere. We know where it's coming from. Okay. Um, so during the incident, a white sedan, another white sedan. What is it with people in white cars driving (laughs) driving through crowds? This is a third white car Uh, incident during the incident. White sedan drove through a crowd of uh, BLM protesters. One man was seen bleeding from the knee in photos uh, shared to social media. This happened around 7 p.m. Protesters gathered around 7 p.m. on Thursday night, local time at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, okay. This is a different one. All right. So, I, I'm sorry. There there were two others. My God, how many of these have happened this week? They list two other incidents, two separate incidents in Hollywood this week. Protesters gather around 7 p.m. Thursday night local time in Hollywood off of Santa Monica Boulevard after the decision was made, or excuse me, after the decision not to indict police on criminal charges directly related to the killing of Taylor. Well, why does that have anything to do with people that are in that happened in Louisville, Kentucky. What does that have to do with people in Hollywood? Nothing. Nothing. It, it's like it's like people that are in London, England, or in Berlin, Germany. You're protesting the killing of George Flo- George Floyd. You wouldn't even know who it was if it wasn't for the media pushing this agenda. You wouldn't even care. And it wasn't it's even right. your government that that yeah. it was involved. It's not even the federal government. It's a state government. It's not even a state government. It's a local government, for crying out loud. Ugh. Anyway, two hours later, a black SUV is seen driving through traffic toward the crowd. The vehicle then accelerated and rammed into the group before seen speeding away. Did, OK, that video right there, that particular one, we saw that one. The media shows that one out of context, don't they? The one where the truck so, goes which, in, which the one it, where oh the, tru- is it the you, truck one they all. On, yeah, they only show the it was the big SUV, the black SUV. They only show the the <clears throat> protester. Being struck and, and thrown back onto the concrete—that's all they show. They don't show what happened before that, which—that's yeah. what needs to be taken into context here. But it's not shown. You're right. Yeah,
1: and and to put it in context, the the person had already jumped on the front of the truck and had thrown their sign onto the windshield, so they, they were trying to obstruct the driver's view. And I'm I'm pretty sure this is this is the one associated with this. Uh, the person that was thrown. They said, of course, I put myself in that position. I knew the risk I was taking. However, he hit me. Um, Wait, so you just admitted that it was your fault that you were being an idiot and you were hit because you were being an idiot. So it's not it's not the driver's fault in this situation. I mean, seriously, driving a large vehicle like that and then having someone jump out in front of you, how how are you supposed to stop the vehicle fast enough to to not I mean because the vehicle was moving at a pretty fast clip and there wasn't really any there wasn't any other people in front of them except for that one person and they were thrown and apparently they cracked their head open
0: again um this is why you should be taught at a very young age not to play in the street. Just just throwing that out there. Uh, t- take your little placard, right? Take placard, whatever you take your little placard and, and go home. Go back to your basement. And because this this poor woman, I mean, we, you saw her in the video. This poor woman looks like she hadn't had a decent meal. I'll bet she's a vegan. Right. I, I'll bet she's malnourished. <laughs> Probably. I, I guarantee you. I, the poor woman looks like she hadn't had a decent meal in months. Right. I mean, she she looks skinny. She looks she looks rickety. No, no wonder she probably no wonder she got a fractured skull. Poor thing. She looks like she hadn't had a decent meal in forever. Not for the
1: recording, but she probably
0: would have had more damage if there would have been
1: more in her head when she would. She had more brains that probably would have cracked her skull open. Why is that more. not for the recording? That's good stuff. What's, uh, what's, I don't want to I don't want to go to those levels and, and insult people.
0: That's not. Don't insult people because they're it's fi- not conducive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if they're out in the street, buddy, if they're out in the street, then yeah. I-, I got no sympathy for you. I-, I got no sympathy for you. I don't. So I- I'm sorry. At that point, I reserve the right to call you a damn idiot if you're out there in the street. Yeah. You know, if you're out there it's in it's- the street, I don't go running out into traffic on the Autobahn over here. Do you know what will happen to you? You get hit by a car.
1: <laughs> you get turned into a paste. Uh, exactly. Honestly
0: here if they would have see these protests would
1: be now I'm specifically talking about the protests, not when they turn into riots, but the protest part. If they would if they would coordinate with law enforcement, law enforcement can um, restrict traffic, you know they can they can put up barricades and whatnot and redirect traffic. So this doesn't happen. but because these aren't protests, these are riots, they're against law enforcement. so they're not, they're not associating with law enforcement. And when you see these vehicles that are trying to inch their way through, People are kicking and beating the vehicle, trying to smash in their windshield. And and it's like in that situation, uh, it would not surprise me if somebody just floored it because number 1 you you smashed out their windshield they can't see anything they're fearing for their life because you're assaulting the vehicle trying to get inside that's what they're
0: doing so, they are flooring it some uh, of them yeah, but they're being yeah. called but they're being called uh white supremacists are using cars as a weapon that's what NPR is saying
1: yeah and in those situations you can clearly see they're trying to avoid the crowd and the crowd is swarming them whereas in this situation with the uh the the counterprotester getting run over and, and both legs broken in that situation, it was not a, the car was trying to avoid, the tar. The car specifically goes through the thick of the crowd and then floors it. That wasn't them trying to get through. They, they could have gone around, they could have taken a side street, they could have done something else, but they didn't, they went straight through it. And then, uh, as we find out, the driver was um, part of this, uh, what was it, the... Um Justice caravan, or is that what it was caravan called? Caravan
0: for justice. Yes, caravan. Uh, caravan for,
1: for justice. justice. That's what it was. Yes. So no, uh, honestly, what I'm what I'm concerned about in this, when, when they keep doing this kind of stuff, I'm I'm legitimately concerned about some kind of people just getting getting tired of it and getting fed up. Law enforcement aren't doing enough, and it's not in all cases. It's really not their fault. Honestly, it, no, it is technically their fault. The, I know the mayor saying, "Oh, you can't use tear gas. All oh, you can't do in some of these places like Portland, Oregon, and whatnot." I'm sorry. If I was a police chief, I would tell tell the mayor to stuff it. I'm using the the munitions, and I'm going to bring law and order back to the city. If you don't like it, then you'll be arrested for um, being a part of the mob. And uh, uh, you know, but that's Which, me. But the problem on is, a, people. On a side note:
0: Ted, Ted Wheeler was part of the mob, literally. Like he was he he literally there, was in, yeah, literally out there in the streets with them.
1: Yeah. So, but my concern is uh, the more, the more this goes on and the more people that are hurt, more businesses that are destroyed, people are going to get fed up and it's not going to be law enforcement going in there with less than lethal ammunition. It's going to be the average American going in there and saying, I'm tired of you destroying my city. And it won't be a peaceful counter protest. It will be a massacre. And I really don't want to see that. These are American people. They're, they're misguided. Many of these people. And I, I know this is what they want. And I don't want that kind of reaction. I want law enforcement to be able to do their job and arrest these people, you know, but it's just, I know it's playing into their hand. That's what they want. They want the, they want that counter, uh, you know, they, they want the shooting in the street because then they'll escalate and they'll escalate even further. Uh, so it, it, it only solidifies people's position and
0: say, oh, see, look, these are white supremacists and it, yeah, it, it would be really bad. Which is exactly what we mentioned yesterday. They need the struggle. There has to be yes. an opposing point. They they have to have that, uh, that group that comes out and plays into that hand. And they don't have it. So the media is doing their best, working with the mobs in the streets to try and foment that... Um, that counter, if you will, at that counterpoint. And it's not there, that antithesis. But again, as I was saying, this probably wouldn't be happening if there wasn't a lot of money involved here. As I was saying, revolutions cost money, uh, and they are spending a lot of money, and they are taking in a lot of money. And where's it all coming from? I've been listening to interviews of And this is the I'm going to say a forbidden name here I've listened to interviews the last couple of days of uh, state attorney generals and uh, local officials uh, and things of that nature. And all of them, all of them that I've heard seem to be of the same opinion on where all this funding in this organization is coming from. (laughs) And all of them seem to be saying the same name. And that is George Soros. How dare you? Yeah. How dare me? At the beginning of this, as soon as I saw this, I, I I said this has got Soros's fingerprints all over it, all over it. I mean, this is exactly what he did. This is this is the color revolution. This is the snow revolution. This, this is what they did in Eastern Europe. It, it's the same playbook. It's the same playbook. This is civil society 2.0. This is the Arab Spring. This is this is all of it. The, everything that he helped organize with the corruption at the State Department under Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. This is it. This is it. But. They're doing everything they can possibly do to try and mask it under the guise of something else. Notice what BLM did. They changed their website, didn't they? They, they no did. longer um, discouraged the uh, uh, the Western prescribed nuclear family. That was getting around. People were starting to catch on mm-hmm. to that, thinking, wait a minute. Uh, that's probably not a good thing. We, we don't want our families destroyed. But now it seems to be all about – it seems to be geared around like um, – I, I noticed that it's, they stayed with the focus on like LGBT and, uh, and those groups. What was it uh, – What'd they say? Black trans folk. That's that's what their actual words are. Yeah. So they stuck with that side of it. And then they still stick with like the community at large. But they got rid of everything else. Most of that money. And of course, these other groups that are coming out, these other things that are being put forward. We talked yesterday about a West Wing reunion on HBO with the likes of Bill Clinton and Michelle Obama. Her organization is taking in donations and they're going to be putting out um, a call to action to get people involved in the election. And when you go to donate to that, where does all that money go? Goes to ACT Blue. Well, where does all the money to BLM go? Goes to ACT Blue. All seems to be tied into the same place here, doesn't it? Act Blue is a giant money laundering operation. That's all it is. They're they're hooked in with the Tides Foundation as well. And by the way, I saw an article today. The the left is a little the American left, they're a little concerned. They're they're a little concerned. They're concerned because of James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas because he's been awful quiet lately and they're concerned he's got some tricks up his sleeve as the as time gets closer. And so they are um, they're sweating bullets over there thinking, "Okay, what's this guy got?" Because you know, uh, you uh, talk about yeah. you talk about undercover journalism, man. Go p- anybody that's listening, please go over to projectveritas.com and check them out. They do some fantastic work. He's actually one of the main guys that brought out the fact that it was George Soros that was funding the BLM movement. He had people embedded in that organization. What what Project Veritas does, they, they do great work. What they do, they actually implant people, put them undercover, wire them up, or they will have people in that organization that know that something's wrong, that don't agree with it, that want to defect. They will then wire them up and they'll catch them. O'Keefe was one of the original guys, like his, his claim to fame was taking down Acorn, the operation created in Chicago on um, the, uh, shall we say, trafficking of people. And he exposed that. And then, of course, you know, he's, he's been building ever since. And uh, he's, he's since done a lot of things. He was one of the people that called out the uh, the COVID-19 fraud at the hospitals. He was sending people around to the hospitals where they actually showed that the mainstream media showed up and they wanted to show the, uh, the surge. I'm doing air quotes of the surge at the hospital. So they actually went in, the mainstream media, they actually went in and they had the hospital staff get in their cars and go out and drive up like they were overloading the hospital. That's what we're dealing with here that kind of stuff. And of course, in the project that they were working on with uh, the exposure of uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign, you remember that? Yeah, all, all that, uh, all, the, all those people that were involved in the Bernie Sanders campaign. Those were, oh man, like th- those tapes were so bad, we couldn't even play them here. The people that are behind the BLM movement, uh, namely the the people that, are, that have the Soros connections. And then of course, you've got people like Andy Z that are involved in this as well, uh, in these protests. And then of course, Kamala Harris. Right now, this is yeah. moving on from Veritas here. Kamala Harris, the uh, the VP pick of Biden. Right. You brought up something about her yesterday offline. We said we we're going to talk about it today. What has she come out now and said on these uh, <clears throat> protests? Uh, are you specifically talking
1: about the part where she's praising BLM? Uh, yeah. And uh, saying that uh, the pro-
0: the ongoing protests are essential for change in the U.S.? Essential for change in the U.S.? What kind of change does she want? Does she want the uh, the sixteen original goals of BLM?
1: Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is her at the uh, NAACP's national convention, right? This is this is one of the things she said. Nothing that we have achieved that has been about progress, in particular around civil rights, has come without a fight. And so I always am going to. Interpret these protests as an essential component of evolution in our country, as an essential component or mark of
0: a real democracy. Uh, what have what I said time and again here? We're not a democracy. You know, y- you would think that somebody that's running for uh, vice president or excuse me, somebody that's running for president of the United States. Let me correct myself. You would expect them to understand the fact that we are not a democracy in the U.S. Uh, she, she goes on and says uh, um, these uh, protests are
1: necessary as the people's voice. Uh, must be heard. And it is often the people who must speak to get their government to do what it's supposed to do, but may not do naturally unless the people speak loudly and obviously peacefully. Uh, she, she later also um, praised the brilliance and impact of Black Lives Matter. She says, uh, I actually believe that Black Lives Matter has been the most significant
0: agent for change within the criminal justice system. Uh, really? Does that include her criminal prosecutions as well? I mean, she hasn't been the, the kindest to uh, the minority community in her tenure as uh, uh, as attorney general in the state of California. Does that include that? Because she was not kind to uh, to criminal prosecutions out there in uh, in California. I can assure you she was not kind to people of color. And that is that's that's her record. That is her record. Specifically, uh, people of color. Uh, she was taking the nonviolent
1: drug offenders, holding them longer in prison and then uh, using them as basically slave labor when their time, when their sentence was up. And then she's on the campaign trail laughing about having smoked marijuana. And she put those very same people in prison. Kind of a bit of a double standard there, don't you think?
0: Just a little bit. But, you know, now, now she's... Uh now she's coming out saying that Do we have that clip. We have that clip. Let me see if we have that clip. Actually, you know, that that there there is a, an element
1: of um, non-violent drug offenders is kind of misleading in a sense, though, because I know there's some cases where nonviolent drug offenders are actually really violent. It's just that they couldn't fully prove that they the like they assaulted someone or, or whatnot, like there wasn't enough evidence. But the Shall we say uh, mannerisms were there? Like everything else, fit. It just they couldn't prove it.
0: You know, when she comes out and she makes that statement, she said they're. Uh, wh- how was it again? They're essential for uh, for change. Is that what she said? They're, they're essential for change in yeah, the U.S. They're essential. Now this mm-hmm. isn't the first. Now she just said this, right? This was just a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, this was recent. Yeah, recently. Okay. Well, uh, wh- what did she say back in June? She did a segment on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And what did she say back in June? Uh, Something along the lines of, um, well, gee, let's just listen to her. Uh, and I, I want to make clear that I, I know that there are protests still happening in yes. major cities across the United States. I just not seeing the reporting on it that I that right, I had that's right. for the first
1: few weeks. That's um, right. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to they're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to. Let up, and they should not, and we should not. She also uh, said, and this was end of last month. She said, we must always defend peaceful protest and peaceful protesters. That, in and of itself, just that sentence, I agree. If you're out there peacefully protesting, that that's part of your First Amendment rights. But she continues, we should not confuse them with those looting and committing acts of violence, including the shooter who was arrested for murder. By the way, she's referring to Kyle Rittenhouse here, uh, who was shot to three guys in self defense. Two of them died. Make no mistake, we will not let these vigilantes and extremists derail the path to justice. That's a bit of double speak there, because the peaceful protesters and uh, that she's talking about here are literally the same people that are looting and committing committing acts of violence. Unless she's specifically meaning acts of violence being like Kyle Rittenhouse, or, or is she trying to fix the create the narrative that it's actually uh, the Proud Boys? and groups like them that are dressing up as if they were Antifa or BLM and 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 looting.
0: yo I think that it could be taken that way. Yeah. But also, I think you have to th- uh, look at the types of speeches that are being given right at these uh, these, quote, peaceful protests. We saw the video. We can't play it here because of language, but we saw the video you and I did of the uh, the revolutionary on the street corner, you know, the Antifa, uh, the, the young Antifa guy talking about how killing police is a great thing. And, uh, you know, we're the resistance. This 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 is a revolution and you have people cheering him. But there's so much language involved in it that we could beep it all out, but you wouldn't be able to understand any of it. So because we're a family friendly show, we can't uh, we can't do that.
1: No, what I was looking for is uh, it just dawned on me. I think she was she was the prosecutor.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know that she was attorney general. Okay, I thought for, she, for I, 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 I thought she was assistant AG. I, I could have been wrong. Let me let me, let me see. But I know, you know she was through mixed through up in a legal system. system out there. Okay, I, I I know that for a fact. But but no, so, she was she was she was a DA of San Fran. DA of San Fran. Okay, all right. Okay, so that that's yeah. it. So correction there. No? DA of San and Francisco.
1: Attorney General. No. Okay. Really.
0: Oh, scratch scratch all that. She was DA okay. of San
1: Fran and Attorney General of California.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, but. I want to play a clip. Now, a lot of people, you know, we we're very forgetful sometimes about things that people say in the past. But she's talking about uh, how BLM is a is an essential part of change in America. OK, listen for me, if you will. A BLM individual uh, that that came down from New York to a protest in D.C. outside of uh, the White House there. And I want you to hear this gentleman's speech. course, I'm being very, very nice calling him a gentleman. Uh, I'm being very respectful. I want you to hear this gentleman's speech, what he's talking about his goals are to the crowd of mostly peaceful protesters at a BLM rally. I want you to hear this. I want you to tell me if this is the kind of essential change that she's talking about. I'm at the point where I'm going to put these police in the grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the White House down. I want
1: to take The same way I f- police up in New York, I f- up here in the same way I bust police
0: in the head in New York I bust police in the head is that the kind of change Sounds that she says peaceful. is essential yeah that's thats peaceful that's mostly peaceful is that the kind of change that she means burn down the Senate burn down the house burn down the White House shoot police in the head is that the kind of essential change that Kamala Harris wants? Well, if that is, then I think that she should be, quite frankly, I think she should be arrested for sedition if that's what's, if that's indeed the case, don't you think? Or do you think I'm out of line by saying that?
1: No, I, I can agree. But did we forget the the shooting that that happened at the baseball game? The uh, what was it the uh, Senate baseball game um, where the Bernie Sanders loon uh, went in and shot up? When when these politicians don't denounce the violence like this, and when law enforcement are not allowed to do with it, this just gins up more and more extremists, right? And you're going to see a situation again like that where it breeds these kinds of people that go out and do the crazy lunatic you know shooting up a a senator baseball game or whatever it's really despicable honestly and i i maybe maybe there is an element of maybe they should be looked at and charged with something uh you know sedition or something because they're encouraging this like some of the politicians are legitimately out there saying punch them in the face or uh you know
0: they're encouraging them to 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 do acts of violence and just so happens we uh we, we have all that that clip would you like for me to play it since you're Go referencing it
1: I, I i just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country maybe there will be people need to start taking to the streets this is a dictator you know there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives enemies of the state
0: show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful
1: do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When
0: they go low, we kick
1: How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. No. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? This way. That's it right there. I have thought And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution are are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't they're not going to let up and they should not.
0: If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Now, which side's the violence coming from? But I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Is that the kind of essential change that Kamala Harris is talking about? Is that the kind of essential change that's needed in in the uh, the United States uh, going forward? It's essential. Uh, And and what 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 is how did she put it as an essential component or a mark of real democracy? Does that sound like real democracy to you? Any of what you just heard? Everything that we just played? Does any of that sound like real democracy? Is that any kind of democracy that you want to live in? Because I assure you, whether you believe in, you know, the European side of democracy or the 51 percent or the mob rule. okay. That's not democracy. What you just heard is a compilation of an authoritarian takeover is what it is. That's not democracy. You notice they're running around for the last three to four years calling Trump a fascist, an autocrat, a dictator and all this. Where's the violence coming from? I don't see Trump and and any of his people. I don't see GOP senators or GOP House members out there calling for any of that. I I don't hear that. I don't hear uh, people that are, as Don Lemon said, Uh, white men that are radicalized to the right. I don't hear any of that out there. I'd point it out if it was because that's just as bad. That's that's worse. In fact, I'd call that out all day long, every day. And you better believe it. If I were Antifa or BLM, you know, uh, which,
1: by the way, most of those protesters are white. I would be a little concerned with with Don Lemon's statement saying that um, uh, the right or, you know, it's the white supremacists that are radicalizing, you know, the, the I'd be a little concerned with that rhetoric because um, if that catches on, you know, once they gain power, they're going to start saying that more and more. And you as the Antifa and BLM supporter that helped bring in the change, the coup, uh, you're going to be the one that
0: they're going to target next because you're the problem. You're a threat to their power. Well, the media is always the first to go anyway. Doesn't matter, you know, demographics or identity politics. None of it doesn't matter. When an authoritarian system comes in, the first place they go is to the media. They can't control the mobs any longer, though they're trying to. In the beginning of the, the, all the riots out in the streets, what happened? Where'd they go? In Atlanta, they went down to CNN headquarters and they tried to break the place. They, they tried to break into the place. They they completely desecrated the entire uh, building on the outside and graffitied over everything, set police cars on fire out in front of the building. And so what did CNN do? They put up barricades. Well, I thought they were mostly peaceful protesters. You got to put up fences right. to keep them out. Th- those are your compatriots out there in the streets. They're fighting for you. You're, you're the ones that are encouraging them. But yet, oh, wait a minute. You, you don't want that to happen. H- have you noticed that that's also happening with a lot of the celebrities and a lot of the uh, the, the millionaires and stuff that are saying that they're, they're egging it on on Twitter? And then when it comes to their neighborhood, they're like, oh, we got to get the police out here. These animals are at our front door. We've got we've got to go out and we've got to buy guns to protect ourselves. Uh, <laughs> do, do you realize that you're the you're the reason that they're out there? Do, do you realize that? You're part of that problem, you you thick idiots. Yeah, the, the, they're pretty dense on
1: that one. I, I mean, we've seen it with who? Who was the um, celebrity here recently that seen the uh, the kid out there with his BB gun shooting squirrels? And she called. Oh, the Alyssa cops. Milano. Alyssa Milano. Uh, yeah, Alyssa. Yeah. She I would have charged cops
0: her. on him. I would have charged her. Oh, I, yeah. I would have charged. Her, and I'm, I don't mean like criminally. I would have charged her like I would have sent her a bill for everything that yeah. she called out. Like there was a helicopter. There yeah. were nine units. There were uh, SWAT units, TAC units that all showed up. I would have sent her the bill. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is they said
1: it was some like 40 year old dude that was out there with a gun menacing people. And it turned out it was a teenager with a with a BB gun. Uh, anyway, the, that that whole which I, I didn't know. I'm actually concerned that the kid didn't actually get charged with
0: something because I, I would imagine it's probably illegal to shoot squirrels in California with a BB gun. I, I didn't think you could actually own a BB gun. I th- I don't think you can own anything outside of a squirt gun in California. I think that's he- heavily regulated as well. I think you need a permit for that. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's GP. And I think I think when you fill it up with water, I think you have to apologize first and th- then you can fill it up with water. Yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. But anyway, okay. Um, But finishing off, rounding off here with Kamala Harris. She says that uh, the protests were necessary as the people's voices must be heard. And it's often the uh, other people who are it's often the people who must speak out to get their government to do what it's supposed to do, which you quoted. But I'm just reiterating that after everything that we just heard. Okay, Mm -hmm. so uh, she also praised the uh, the brilliance and the impact of BLM. Does that include burning down Congress? Does that include burning down the White House? Does that include shooting police in the head, which is what the guy said? You actually believe she? this is what she says. She says that she act, she says, I actually believe that Black Lives Matter has been the most significant agent for change within the criminal justice system. I'm, I'm not even going to respond to that. I, I'm, I'm sick of looking at it already. All right. Oh, so uh, one more, one
1: more, one more comment on that one. That's Kamala Harris. And for those of you that are living under a rock, that's the potential vice president, which uh, coincidentally is potentially your president, because Biden's probably going to resign pretty quick after getting elected. If he gets well, elected,
0: he said day one, Biden said day one. He says, if I happen to get pushed off of a roof on day one, yeah. then she needs to be ready to go. He even said that <laughs> he actually yeah. said that. So you're going to fake his death or something, Which, by or the commit way, suicide Bruce, did you, because did of dementia. Yeah. Did you know? I, I mean, to be fair, it wouldn't surprise me because the guy's been in Congress for 180 years, right? He's been in the Senate for 180 yeah. years. He, he's been there I, for I did a while. that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's there been, for a while. He's actually He said that he's been in the Senate for 180 years. Can you believe that? 180 years? I'll give him. I'll give
1: him some credit there. He's looking good for 180 years of being in in the Senate. I give him that. When you
0: consider he's got to be in his 30s before he gets there, right? Before he gets yeah. elected. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, he, he's, easily been there over for, he's been in there for over 200 years. You know, the yeah. guys, he's been in there fighting yeah. a good fight. And would you believe I mean, he's he's never gotten a single piece of legislation through. Would you believe that in 200 years? Yeah. He's never gotten a single bill through. That's success, man. That is successful. That that is a feather in your cap, you know, or the feather in your cap, I would say. Mm hmm. So uh, let's jump off of the uh, let's jump off of the uh, the Harrison BLM thing. So let's uh, let's do a little bit on the economy here on the end. Uh, And I wanted to talk about because we've mentioned this before, because of all the actions that they've taken at the first part of the covid lockdowns, what we have. We've thrown nine trillion at this problem, nine trillion dollars, and that doesn't mean that they've printed it. That means that they've just increased the balance sheet. So we're looking at an additional nine trillion in national debt. You cannot do this without consequences. What have we been saying? You're going to see hyperinflation in the United States. And for those that don't know what hyperinflation is, central banks, when they have a monetary problem, they tend to try and hyperinflate their way out of the problem. Historically, this is what they do. This is where they're destroying the monetary system. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about. You're going to need a wheelbarrow full of money to buy some bread. OK, that's that's where it goes. All this stuff. I mean, people don't realize all this, like all, all of the problems that this is going to cause. Imagine if you had to pay three hundred dollars for a gallon of milk. Just think about that for a minute. Or if you had to pay, I don't know, three thousand dollars for a turkey. How's that? I mean, going to you be? don't even have to go. You don't even have to go that absurd. Like even
1: if it was just a gallon of milk just went to thirty dollars. I mean even if you just add in zero which th- that and can easily happen overnight. Yep. You you just need you just need a little catalyst. Just where where everything's already primed. Everything's ready to go thanks to COVID-19 and the and the lockdowns and the businesses collapsing and people already being short on money. We're having to throw more money at as 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 you were saying the the 9 trillion which by the way if we were to physically print 9 trillion dollars it would take us 9 years. We're only able to do a trillion dollars a year running at full capacity the entire year 24/7. So, in reality it's probably less it's probably closer to like 800 billion or something like that, uh, you know, if you roughly. But uh it's absurd. This is coming this is something that we really should be concerned about looking at, prepping for. Um but instead we're we're too concerned with riots in the streets because you know, great reset. That's what they're they're, they're shooting for.
0: Actually, I, I've, I'll i be honest with you. I, I think people are more concerned about other things. And by that, I mean, I'm still hearing people talking about how they're excited about football games, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I don't know what it's going to take to, you know, snap people out of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this, is this going to be it? Where it's going to be what you said, Bruce, $30 for a gallon of milk? Is that going to make you turn the TV off? I don't know. I don't know what happens under this. Okay, hyperinflation, when you start getting into this realm, uh, I mean, you you go with inflation a little bit and then hyperinflation can get out of control very rapidly. I mean, it can get bad and it can get bad fast. This is just something else they're going to throw in there on top of it. They have to destroy the system. Everything, as you said, under the Great Reset, everything has to be destroyed. Everything, all businesses, all pensions, all property, all money. It all has to go everything. uh, Does that resonate with anybody yet? Is that resonating with anybody? Are you getting it yet? All this has to go. Everything. They have to make the situation so bad, so dire that you will beg for a new system. That's what it has to be. That's how they look at it. That's how the elite look at it. They don't care about your pension. They don't care about your house. They don't care about your car. They don't care about your football. They don't care about your baseball, your basketball, none of it. They want all that gone. But We're talking about inflation. The prices of these things don't actually go up. Now, this is where it gets confusing to the average person. The prices of these things don't actually go up. It's just that the value of the money you have is less. So therefore, the product price increases. So the price hasn't actually increased. The value of that product is still the same. It's just the purchasing power of your money isn't what it used to be. See, people think, well, I'm just going to uh, take all the money out. I'm going to store it in my mattress or I'm going to bury it in a jar in my backyard. That's not how this works. They're going to take that money, but it's not going to be them physically coming after it. If that were the case, then you would fight back on it. They'll just take it through devaluation. See, the Great Depression was a little different. We had a solid currency back then. We had a stable currency. The problem back then was during the Great Depression in the 1930s, we had the value of the money. There just wasn't enough of it. That was the problem here. Everybody has it, but the value is next to nothing. That's what this is. Everything's the reverse of what it used to be. Also on top of that, back in the 1930s, you had, because I've talked to a lot of people from back then, you had the percentages of the people that were self-sufficient in the United States are completely the polar opposite of what they are now. Back then, you had around 90% of the country that could be somewhat self-sufficient. You had about 10% that couldn't be, you know, city dwellers and and whatnot. Well, Now those statistics are reversed, right? Everything is the opposite of that. You've got about 10% of the people that can be self-sufficient, and you've got about 90% of the country that cannot. This is a recipe for disaster. Everything over the last 90 years has been to make our lives more convenient, make our lives easier. It's all been about domestication from the start till now. Started really in the 1950s when you had the, uh, uh, the introduction of the TV dinner. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to cook. You don't have to learn how to do this. You don't have to grow all this food. You, you don't have to have gardens in your yard. You don't have to raise chickens. You don't have to uh, go and, and shop at the local farm. We're going to do all this for you. How are you going to cook all that stuff? Well, we're going to give you these ovens. Yeah. You just set it and you forget it, right? Oh, guess what? Now we've got something that's a little bit better. We've got these microwaves. So you see how it's just a slow progression of domestication, just a little bit. And so now, of course. What do we have? We've got robots that'll pretty much do everything for us, right? You don't have to vacuum your house anymore, right? This is how spoiled we've become. You know, I don't like these robot vacuums. I mean, I, I don't. I'd rather just spend the time and, and do it myself. Same thing with the, the lawn, right? You can get to these uh robot lawn mowers now. Mow the lawn. You know, what what are we are we so lazy? Are are we so lazy? Have we become so decadent that this is what it's become? You look like you want to say something. You know,
1: it, in one sense, I can understand some of it. For example, living in a large city and you working for some corporation, let's say you're, um, uh, you know, a code monkey or something, you know, you, you really don't have the time to have a farm or have a ranch or chickens. Or So in a sense, it, it you know, it's understandable that we kind of went down the road of um, creating like a big... <sighs> big chain, big, big farms, big, you know, you you have the whole production chain for creating, uh, going from farm to table, right? But as you're saying, that eliminates that, that completely removes your ability to sustain yourself. And honestly, that's, I, I feel like that's the trend they want. That's what they want. You know, looking, looking at 2030, 250 square foot domicile, You don't have any room to, if you wanted to do like little herbs or something in your house or anything, like
0: you don't have any room. 250 square feet. That should be noted, though you're correct. 250 square feet. That is for a well-to-do family of four. So odds are you're probably not even going to get 250 square feet. Yeah. You'll probably
1: have half that if it's, you know, just a single person. So, I mean, obviously you can't go too much smaller because- uh, you still need room for like a bed and a desk, you know, at, at least. So, you know, maybe the smallest you can go is maybe a 10 by 10 room or something
0: like that. So a 100- hundred square feet. I, I honestly think they want to go the pod route like they have in Los Angeles that we were covering in, in early on about six, well, about six, eight months ago. I, I honestly think that that's the route they want to go. And then everything else is communal. You know, you have like community rooms and and community, you know, everything else you can share a desk and yeah. all that stuff.
1: Yeah. that We did see that with, um, uh, one of the, the projects that was proposed for California I believe or in California the we kind of went over that project where they were creating a um a city within inside uh, you know within a city for the homeless and that kind of fits the narrative the idea that they're trying to push with this 2030 project you can see it like we have this we have this inflation that happens right this fits into that what what they're wanting to do that you can completely reset all the currencies at the same time because if the US dollar if if it starts to inflate that disrupts the
0: entire world economy, that we're the reserve currency right now. And commodities. All commodities in the world are traded in dollars, for those that don't know. So for this to work, for example, let's say you're a European country. Let's say you're the French. Okay, let's say you want, I don't know, a million barrels of oil. You can't buy those in euros. So what do you do? If you're the French, you go to whoever you need to go to, whatever central bank, European central bank, you know, Federal Reserve, whatever, and you get your dollars. You have to trade your euros in for dollars. And then once you have your dollars, then you can make your purchase of oil, your mil- million barrels of oil. That's how this works. Same thing with cattle, bushels of corn, uh, wheat, pork, you know, it, any any kind of livestock commodities such as precious metals, gold, silver, copper, Platinum, palladium; these are commodities, and everything in the world, every commodity in the world, is traded in dollars. We we've seen this.
1: Do you you remember the um, during the Obama administration when Hil- Hillary said um, who was it they they was it Yasser Arafat that they assassinated? Who was it they killed during that
0: time? Uh, big uh, oil. Araf- Arafat was the uh, he, he was the Palestinian guy. No, he was he was gone way before that. Uh, Mumar Gaddafi. Gaddafi. That's okay. So they
1: that that's the one that she said. Um, we came we we saw he died or something like that whatever whatever the deal was he do you, we we've kind of talked about it before he was he was trying to convert his currency for for the do- like instead of using the do- dollar for oil he was wanting to use gold he was wanting to use that as the which would collapse the dollar essentially
0: right uh, during that time and that's why they killed him just I mean, on a side is, note, it, is it kind of Saddam Hussein questionable Yeah, Saddam mm-hmm. Hussein do you remember him right do you know what he wanted mm-hmm. to do he wanted to sell his Iraqi oil to the world in euros. Yeah. Didn't work out well for him, did it. Mm-mm. So it's kind of a I mean it makes sense when 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 your
1: dollar is essentially tied to oil and countries are like, yeah, we're not going to use we're not going to use the dollar anymore. It makes sense why we went to war because that would destroy our entire economy. Uh but at the same time it's kind of like don't forget these things guys. Like pay attention to this because They can use this. Our
0: enemies can use this against us. And right now, our enemies are people like George Soros. So rounding off here on inflation, just to go through some of these numbers, right? Like I said, inflation is you know, because all these things that we're talking about, this is all tied to the value of the U.S. dollar. And then, of course, if the U.S. dollar tanks, you're going to be seeing this. This is going to be their way. They're going to inflate their way out of it. And then, of course, again, if it gets to the point, they will do the reset on the currencies. But it doesn't mean you're not going to go through some hardships. And it doesn't mean that what you're going to get on the other side of it is going to be any better. It's actually going to be worse because you're not going to be able to do any private sales. Everything that you do will be taxed, traced and controlled. Everything. Because as sure as I'm sitting here, they're going to go for a digital currency of some kind of some kind. So they were looking at a one point three percent rise of inflation in August. Now, it doesn't sound doesn't sound very high, but in reality it is. So the price of things that you're going to start buying is going to start rising much faster. So if you're already seeing prices start to go up, I mean, you're and you're wondering why. So this is why. This is why. I've seen the price of uh, milk where I'm at go up, I don't know, 20 cents, 20 cents. I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's going to be more. I can assure you it's going to be more. But this is a different currency system over here. So we'll see how this is going to go. Economists will be relieved that the laws of supply and demand are still working for now until they come back with more lockdowns over some nonsense. So let's start with the recent supply and demand. The cost of food at home, where so many of us have been spending our time, was up 4.6% in August compared with the same time last year. The biggest rise in almost a decade. In deserted workplace and school cafeterias, food is 3% cheaper, obviously, because there's no one going there. Food prices move around a lot. The same pattern shows for many things sensitive to us sitting at home on Zoom. Few home workers need a suit or dress. OK, so that industry is down 17% makeup is down three percent hotel rooms are down thirteen percent and air travel is down twenty three percent that's the cost of a ticket by the way sitting at home in your pajamas right men's nightwear is up four percent this is where they're seeing gains cycling bikes are up six percent reading and books are up four percent newspapers are up five percent which is good for the newspaper industry but at the same time not really they're looking at all newspapers going away by 2030 they say uh so sewing machines and fabric are up by nine percent obviously people are spending more time on hobbies Bruce this would explain the uh, the astronomical rise in uh, in camera stuff because we're getting into video stuff cameras are up four percent so that's that's the uh, that's not the cost that's the demand for them so that would explain why a 10 year old camera is now selling for a hundred bucks which is ridiculous Medical care is in demand up five percent. Uh, While well, higher education is still much less attractive, why would you pay it? Why would you pay it? Why would you pay for higher education if you have to sit at home and, and do it all and do all that? Why, why would you do that? Why, why would you go and you would pay thirty thousand dollars for a semester when? you have to uh, do all the online learning. It's ridiculous. You don't get the experience of actually being there. You don't get to interact with other people. What's the point? Tuition fees are up 1.3%, the lowest data since uh, they started counting them back in the late 1970s. So the question is going to rest on what's going to happen next. The Federal Reserve is committed not to raise rates until inflation hits 2%. So treasury stocks and the dollar all depend on whether the Fed will start increasing rates earlier than the current expectation of or give or take never. I, I would... I would venture to say that they're going to... uh yeah, I would venture to say they're going to raise rates right during the during the point of inflation. That's my guess. Why not increase inflation right before the election? Well, the problem is, is I don't think that they can justify letting it get out of hand at that point. See, it's still at the point right now where it's sustainable. You notice the Dow's coming back up, and then unemployment numbers are actually dropping. So, how can you justify that inflation when you've actually got you know surplus capital being generated? They have to they have to have another round of lockdowns. This is why the Fed's calling for another round of lockdowns. They have to suppress that. They have to put more people out of work. Then they can justify the massive inflation. See, the Fed wants to inflate, but they don't know how to do it without being stuck holding the bag. So they need to pass the buck off. They need a, a scapegoat, if you will. So that's what they have to have. Same thing with the Europeans. The ECB doesn't want to take the bad rap. They've already got egg on their faces as it is now. Same with the Fed. They got egg on their faces. So they need to figure out how to get themselves off the hook for it. See, why is it when the government defaults on the government's debt, it's never the government's fault, right? It's always the people's fault. And people, I think, to a large extent now, I mean, nobody really even knew that the Federal Reserve Bank was a private entity uh, until recently. So, I mean, you know, th- these are the these are the real problems, right? Th- this is the real problem here, are institutions like this. And instead of it being about, you know, governments and all that stuff, they're just idiots that are put up there to take the rap for the bad policy. That's all those people are there for. The real problem are those guys at the Federal Reserve Bank and the European Central Bank, the World Bank and the IMF. Those are the real criminals. Those are just foreign arms of all the same cartel. They're the ones that actually own all the debt, and they're the ones that want to create the zero asset society. So they don't want anybody to own anything. They want to own it all. Uh, and that's what it comes down to. But anyway, they're looking at uh, other aspects of this. They're saying that the uh, pandemic is cre- talk about how the pandemic could create deflationary pressure, which I, I OK, whatever. Uh, I don't see how that could be. And then, of course, they're talking about more job losses and corporate cutbacks. See, they need to, they need to cut back. They need to do more. This is why uh, Neil Kashkari was coming out calling for a six week hard lockdown. So it's it's not about that. They need more jobs to go away. They need that number. They need that unemployment number to be at the 42% like they were talking about. That's what they need in order for them to justify the inflation. They can't do it otherwise. They, they can't do it otherwise. So they need to get themselves out from underneath of it. Then they can say, well, look, see, we got all these people that are unemployed and then uh, we, we've got all this that's happened and we don't have any way of sustaining it. So we're going to have to hyperinflate. But see, when you've got an unemployment rate at 8.2%, they can't do it. It's hard for them to justify that. They
1: kind of have the narrative, though, or they're pushing for the narrative with this new mutation of COVID-19. They're saying that, well, masks and social dista- distancing doesn't work anymore. So we're going to have to lock
0: everything down. Exactly. And you, exactly. you see them building up that narrative to to do those lockdowns again. Exactly. And that's that's what they need. That's what they need. But they need people to get on board with it. They need the populace on board with it. They need everybody to be afraid. They have to create the perception of fear. Fear is the bigger weapon here. It's not it's not a virus. Okay, it's the perception of fear. They need you scared. That's how it has to be. In order for them to do this. Okay. So we are out of time today. I know we ran over just a little bit. That's all right. Uh, we're, we're out of time. So uh, we are going to have to jump, but thanks for sitting down today, Bruce. So for those of you who are not and you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, and your feedback. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson3, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family and known associates. We're looking to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. We're on just about every single platform out there we're on spotify apple podcast podbean uh stitcher deezer we're on audible which is the new amazon platform for podcasts so if you're recommending us to somebody which we would greatly appreciate uh if you could pass us along and plug us on one of those platforms uh we would very much appreciate that Also, if you're rating podcasts, uh, we would ask you to drop over to Apple Podcasts or whatever respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.